Kevin. Is everything going for you? I was going pretty good. Doing well. Thanks for having me on again, my man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So first, before we talk about um, some of the games from last weekend, were you surprised they let uh, David Cully go after he got four wins? Yeah, he did. Yeah, surprisingly, you know, I think looking at what he did in one year, obviously without the best player on the league, obviously franchise player Deshaun Watson, I think he did an outstanding job and throw on top of the distractions that he had to face, you know, from day one taking that job. And then the roster issues, you know, uh, with COVID issues, just a lot of different things that he was uh, tasked with on hand before he ever took the job and throughout the season. So I think he did a tremendous job with what he had to work with. It's an unfortunate situation. And I think that's the business that we are in in the NFL. You know, um, when you go in and you think you're doing a good job, you know, that can be the one day that they show you the pink slip. Yeah, I did see that he had a pretty good buyout. So it wasn't that bad of a day. <laughs> for sure you know that's yeah. one part of it but yeah. we're all competitors too oh, of course so yeah, you know yeah. obviously People are like oh they're slandering this guy I can't believe they did it and they're like oh 22 million dollar buy it i'm like are right, the day's not as bad as i thought it was so yeah <laughs> no that's it. but and then with davis mills he's he he was phenomenal for where they got him yeah i think you know you started to see as the season went on he started to get a little more comfortable understand you know offense the way the nfl works I think that's what anything, it takes a little time. Obviously, every player, you know, every situation is different. So I think with him, you know, he's in a good situation. Obviously, it'll be a new coach coming in. Hopefully, he won't have to learn a totally different scheme to put him back at, you know, point A, starting over like a rookie again. But I think just being in those games and having game-like situations, I do him big time just, just getting ahead of that learning curve, you know, going into the next year. Did I see you were doing some, you were doing some stuff over there for him, like with the like the content-wise, like – broadcasting yeah i went over there um i was over there with dp sadu and uh matt and uh those guys and he was oh, cool. doing some um game day pregame stuff and uh, it was pretty good you know i'm obviously just being back around football and talking football i've always liked to be around the game so just an opportunity and they brought me on so i think it was you know a good deed by them but obviously i look forward in the future to do some some type of things into that nature exactly yeah. what i don't know yeah. So, so they got the third pick. What do you think they're leaning? Because obviously the top, you got the two edge rushers, Thibodeau from Oregon and Hutchinson from Michigan. And then you got Evan Neal from Alabama. What, what, those, I think those are pretty much it's like a little bit of a drop off after that. What do you think they're leaning with that third pick? I think it just really depends on what they do in free agency and things like that. I think um, obviously last year they had, what, 36, 40 free agents on the team on one-year deals or something like that. So I think it will be a big overhaul from that standpoint, but obviously sitting in that standpoint with that pick, and then you still have the Deshaun Watson situation, so you don't know how that play out to where you can add picks. Now you got even more value. There are more options. So I think with those guys, you know, the guy from Oregon sitting up there, some talented defensive players, I think they'll be looking, obviously, to get a pass catcher, I think, on the offensive side of the ball or a game changer or a game wrecker on the defensive side of the ball. I think David Mills has shown enough to where you probably don't want to prioritize, you know, unless you get a lot of picks with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, no, it's do you, do you I don't I don't understand how the legal stuff is going to play out. But do you think in a perfect world they try to move him before the draft? I think absolutely. I think the more legal zone is probably not good for anybody because the legal situation is the legal situation. And I think we all can agree that he's going to play football again. Yeah. So I think, you know, the faster, sooner that thing gets, you know, um, divided, because I don't think it's a situation where he will be returning. I've seen situations where people saying his floor is as high and things like that. I don't think that'd be enough to bring him back. And I could be wrong. 
you know, because at the end of the day, it's not about what I want or anybody else. It's what's best for Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans at the same time. Were you surprised they won four games, or was that kind of what you were expecting? No, no, it's the NFL. You know, guys going to go out and compete hard. They don't have that bad of a roster. They got some guys on that, that roster with plenty of talent. But at the end of the day, with the quarterback situation being uncertain, and obviously the situation with uh, David Culley getting the job, uh, just the distractions from him getting the job, what people were saying he wasn't the top candidate, the top choice. Then uh, Nick Casario getting the general manager job. So I think just all those things just tying into the season. And then those guys going out and winning four games, just blocking out the distractions with COVID and everything else. You know, um, Tyrod Taylor got injured. He didn't play, you know, a lot throughout the season. Uh, Davis get in there and showed what he can do. And I think the guys rallied around it. You see the defense started off slow. And I think guys started to figure out the way that Lovey wanted to attack. And they started to create turnovers. And then you see him produce and win some games. Yeah. Did you, did you see Davis Mills? His neck is nuts. <laughs> I said, I said to somebody, he looks like if Mike Glennon lived above the Mason. Mike Glennon. Line, he's got, he's got that. Mike Glennon. He's, he's got like an extra inch. He's like Mr. Fantastic. Um, no, it, it's wild. It goes a long way as a quarterback, you know, when it yeah. comes to measures and metrics, you know. So hey, yeah. I'm sure he's happy about it. You know, kind of Ky- like Kyler wishes he had that neck against the Rams on Monday night. Kyler, I don't know what the that hell was going on there. And then just one more question about the uh, AFC South. Um, how shocked were you that the Colts lost to Jacksonville? Hey, nothing in the NFL never surprises me because, you know, uh, that last game of the season, everybody has different motivations, you know, different reasons for playing or what it may not be. You see a team like Jacksonville that has some talent on that team and, you know, see Urban Meyer get fired. A lot of those guys are playing for their jobs for next year. Coaching staff is coaching for jobs. So they're going to take that game a lot serious compared to another team that's in that situation with the head coach that's going to be in place the next year to where they're already looking forward to the offseason and rotating different guys in and trying to see what a guy can do here or there versus the Colts. You know, they play each other t- twice a year in the same division, so they're familiar with one another, so that can go either, either way. And I think it was just a perfect storm for uh, Jacksonville on that day for everything to go in their favor. Yeah, it was incredible. And then looking at some of the um, the head coach openings, what do, what do you think is the most desirable uh, location? Oh, wow, the most desirable. I think the Miami. I think Miami. I think Miami. I think the New York Giants. I think you look at some of the talent they have on both sides of the ball. I think, you know, you put uh, a Deshaun Watson in any of those type of destinations, you know, it propels them right to the top. And then uh, some of the other places like Oakland, you see what they was able to do. You think you they know, should keep with the distraction they had, Basak- so they obviously Basak- have you think they should keep a quarterback him? in place, and they have talent. So that's a good destination. You know, a new team in a new city, fan base is growing behind them. So I think it'll be a lot of interesting names and hires coming up soon. But I think there's a lot of ca- candidates out there with uh, deserving also. Yeah, and looking at some of the, the games from last weekend, um, we might as well start off with the, the Oakland and the Bengals, um, or not Oakland, Vegas and the Bengals. Um, do you think the Bengals can go on a run here? Or do you think like it was all right as like an opponent that was maybe exhausted from a late Sunday night game coming in there, traveling halfway across the country, and then they lost in like the final play of the game, but it was close. Do you think the Bengals are for real? I think um, – I definitely think they're for real. I think because I've watched Cincinnati over the years, I've been a Cincinnati Bengal before, and it doesn't have anything to do with it. But I know one thing that a team can do is stack talent over there. You know, they've always been able to stack and scout and develop talent there. And now when you throw in a healthy quarterback, that's an elite quarterback with talent on both sides of the ball, they're able to run the ball with Joe Mixon. 
They got a great D-line and linebackers where they can play the run, guys in the secondary. And I think they got a great coaching staff, you know, a guy and coach who's uh, obviously started off slow and went through it. And now everyone over there has, you know, a ton of faith in him. And he's making some gutsy calls in the game and his team is rallying behind him. So I think, you know, early in the year, they started off hot, then they uh, altered a little bit. But that's expected when you have a young team with, you know, some veteran mixture in there. Now I think they're able to get hot and everyone knows their place and they're playing as a complete team. It's incredible. First with first win playoff win in 31 years. That's crazy. Yeah. 31 yeah. years. That's a long time coming when you think about all the players that's been through there in those 31 years. What you you were there? How long were you there? Were they just kind of just used to not, not nothing happening in the postseason when you were there? Um, obviously, when I was there, um, we went uh twice when I was there. We went twice when I was there. We lost both times when I was there. But they was coming off the big uh uh win. Carson Palmer got injured against the uh, um, Pittsburgh Steelers the year before I got drafted. And we had a lot of momentum going, you know, off that year because, you know, they thought it was that close. Then they was up in that game at halftime. Then Carson got injured. That's the same year I think the Steelers went on to win the Super Bowl. So, um, but at that same time, you think about that division, that's the, that division was loaded at that point in time, probably the strongest division in the NFL, you know, other than, uh, you know, with Tom Brady and those guys because uh, Ray Lewis and those guys won a Super Bowl as well. So um, I think it was just a mixture of those things to where, you know, we was fighting and battling, but every year we seemed to be nine and seven, you know, or, you know, fight for that 10 and six. And then if you get a couple of injuries in that division, you know, you're going to finish, you know, five and 11, four and 12. And that pretty much summed up my five years there. Do you, do you think that the Cincinnati fan base, like that was their Super Bowl? Or do you think like they, they want more? Like they're playing with house money there. Like they, they weren't supposed to win the division. Now they win the division. Now they're going into the divisional round. Do you think they're just kind of building off the momentum? I think, yeah, I think because they got a good, like whatever the fans there, you know, even when they're not showing up and supporting or they're showing up there with uh, the bags on their heads in previous years and things like that, that shows that they care a little bit though, you know? So obviously, you know, um, there's a lot of local businesses that have been there for years. You go throughout that city that's, you know, care a lot about the Bengal football team and the players in that city. And I think it's a close-knit city, small city with a big, you know, big city but a small city feel. And everyone in that city knows the players. So I think with that support they have in that city, I'm sure it's rocking there. Everyone's excited. And I think um, Joe Burrow, being the leader of that team, he's won before. You know, he's been in those type of environments. You know, you look at the guys on that team elite talent they have why they can't do it yeah that's incredible and then then moving on to the night game what's going on with the Patriots that that wasn't even a contest yeah Patriots you know you if you look at um how they won all year I think it was off the defense playing great uh turnovers and things like that putting Mac Jones in favorable situations you know you look at a game like that where they get down early he has to you know throw the ball a lot more early on than expected, can't really run the ball to get things going, can't produce big plays and giving up big plays and the weather conditions. And obviously Buffalo is a talented team. They play each other twice in the division. They, I think, what lost the last three out of four games against them already before previously. So I think Buffalo was coming into that game with a lot of confidence and a lot to prove because, you know, last year I think they were disappointed in the end of the year and the way that they finished. Yeah, it's incredible. And then so – Bucks Philly, did you did you think Philly had a shot, or were you kind of surprised? Were you kind of you gonna expect that to how it played out? Oh yeah, sure. You know, people get caught up in all the distractions that Tampa Bay had going on with the Antonio Bryant situation and stuff, but they still forgetting once Tom Brady get the playoffs and get rolling. You know, he's still Tom Brady. We haven't seen him falter 
in the first and second round many times throughout his career. So, you know, obviously Eagles had a good, you know, storytelling season, young quarterback going in there, Jalen and playing some good ball. But at the end of the day, like I said before, um, playoff football is a lot different than a regular season. Uh, mistakes obviously are a lot more um, huge in those moments. And it's few mistakes that can be made in those moments. And I think being a young quarterback, one of a guy against like Tom Brady that's able to control the game, that's a lot for a rookie quarterback going in there. You probably how many times you probably matched up with Antonio Brown quite a number of times. How, how tough was he to cover? Oh, he's tough, man. Because if you know you know anything about him, he's an extremely hard worker, and that's the way he approaches the game. He goes 100 miles per hour, per hour, and he plays hard. And obviously, he's been fortunate enough to always have a good quarterback to throw him the ball. You know, Big Ben extending plays, obviously in uh, Pittsburgh, and getting him the ball whenever you know it's a big situation. They're just blowing the game wide open, or he's been able to get back there on you know punt return and make big plays. And then he wasn't, you know, in New England long, but, you know, he still went there and made an impact early on, which you've seen. So that what made Oakland and the other teams. And you put him in the season with Tampa last year. People can see what he's want, what he can do. And he was starting to catch his stride again, unfortunately, for what happened for him. But I think he's just a tough cover for any DB because he plays fast and he plays hard and he's competitive. You think we'll see him in the league again? Oh, man, I don't know. I think um, you never know because, you know, He's got star power, and he's able to produce. So um, the NFL is a forgiving league. So I think if he can keep his nose clean long enough, I think a team will be willing to give him another shot because he can go out there and produce. You know, is there any chance Tampa says, all right, screw it. Bye, guys, be bye, guys. Come back. We need, we need you for the Rams. <laughs> I like to see the conversation between him and B.A. about that. B.A., I don't know if you saw, he hit, he hit the safety the other day. He got fined 50 grand for that. Yeah, I see Adams. him, man. He's a little fired up, man. Um, he's got I that guess thing, he, he that C4 thing. The thing he's got attached yeah, to his chest, that C4 mobile device. I don't know what the hell that thing is. But yeah, he got a torn Achilles he's walking around with, man. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. He's definitely pissed off. He's going sideline side to sideline <laughs> with a torn Achilles. He had an ice pack on his Achilles, man, and in, in, in cold weather conditions. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, coach like that is all in. And obviously, you know, he's battle counseling all that. He don't yeah. figure that he has much time in the NFL to win. So, you know, every little thing like that is going to tick an old school guy out for sure. Yeah. And then the, and then the Cowboys-Niners game is probably the most eventful game of the entire day. Nickelodeon game, which was wonderful, um, even though the MVP did not get slimed. Everybody was rooting. I think 50 million people were watching that Nickelodeon game. Did you, did you watch that one on the regular feed? Yeah, yeah, I watched it, man. You know, I think it's 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 more funny and entertaining. Yeah, but you know, I can't watch it for long. But it is a little different. <laughs> it's de it's definitely different because I've never seen that shit in the field in the in the uh, in the uprights before. <laughs> uh, no, but once a year I can because handle it. Because it, it almost makes you look for it. You look for it after you see it a few times. Yeah, I'm like, why is he frowning? And then no, I mean, he makes. Oh, he made it. All right, good, good. No, yeah, it, it's wild. No, but like early on it kind of looked like San Frank was kind of running away with it. Dallas really couldn't get go. Dallas has been a, a mess for weeks now, but as you can sort of see Dallas started getting back into the game and then Jimmy G, I think, I don't know if he got hurt or hurt his elbow or something. It looks like they were giving away the game and then nobody could do it. And then you see quarterback draw with 14 seconds. What were you thinking when you saw that? First thought in my head, when I first seen it, my first initial reaction was like, Oh, what the hell are they doing? But then you know, like once I thought about it, once I seen the play develop, it was a smart play because, you know, the defense are thinking pass and you're just trying to get closer to get a closer chance to get the ball to the end zone because obviously they're going to put guys back there to prevent it because it's a one score game and you need a touchdown so you don't have many options. So once I seen that, but I just think the execution was poor. 
it's like obviously everyone knows in the NFL you need eight seconds to get the ball, you know, to get the playoff and get the ball. So you got five, six seconds to spare there. But I'm on offense, so I'm on defense, and I watch all the time on Friday and Saturday practice in those two-minute drills that, you know, as soon as a completion happens or a running back make a running play, it's a sprint to give the ball to whoever's out there in practice that's, you know, obviously trying to be the replay, I mean the official at the moment. So for those guys to give it to the center and spot the ball and not think to give it to the official, I think that was a lapse in judgment for, you know, dad, coaching staff, whoever it is, because I think it should have been transferred, you know, at the end of, before the play was even ran. Whatever you do, make sure you get the ball to the official so we have a chance. Who, who, is Larry Fitz the best guy in NFL history getting that ball to the official the second they need it to, the, to save time? Oh, absolutely, because, you know, he's always thinking within the moment because at the end of the day, it's like, before the referee would rather have the ball in his hand and just go to one spot instead of having to track you down, then have to run to that spot. You're already on the line because you caught the ball that's in your possession. Just streamline right to him because he's coming to you. Yeah, and it's like Batman with that with that bomb in the third one when he's just fucking diving through everybody just to get the shit away from everyone. It reminds me of Larry Fitzgerald trying to get that ball to the referee. <laughs> it's And then with San Fran, do you, do you give him a shot against Green Bay or do you think, like, this is the farthest they're going to go? Absolutely. I think because you think they definitely can't go into the game plan with the same plan they had before on Devontae Adams. You know, um, he went crazy in that game, if I remember correctly. And I yeah. think um, they just have momentum right now and they familiar with that team and the coaching staff is familiar. Um, There's a lot of um, turnover, I think, with the um, coaching scheme and things like that. So I think those guys in San Fran would be confident because if you look at the way they're playing on offense, it's not about just if we're going to put the ball in Jimmy G hands to make him throw the ball 30, 40 times a game, or if it's just going to be uh, the running back Williams coming downhill, or if it's going to be just throwing the Debo. You look at Kittle, he didn't have much of an impact no. catching the ball-wise, but he was in there digging out guys and blocking and doing all those things and creating looks for other guys. And you look at Ayok and the other receivers, those guys starting to come alive. So I think they have a legitimate chance and, you know, um, look on defense what those guys are doing. Hopefully Nick Bosa can come back to get those guys, you know, that pass rush like he's always been able to provide. As a corner, how do you prepare for a guy like Debo? You better bring your hard hat. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, he's, you don't have to worry about him running by you. You haven't seen him catch go balls or things like that, which he still has that capability. But it doesn't make sense when he can catch a five-yard slant or a seven-yard in route and take it 35, 40 yards. So I think a guy like him just plays physical and hard. He's an extended running back. So you can put him all over the different formation and get, get mismatches. Because it's not about what he does in the first and second quarter. It's about in the third and fourth quarter when those guys had to tackle him five or six times already. He's incredible. Have you ever seen a guy like him before? Just the kind of guy they use like him? I think you look early on in his career, Percy Harvin, he probably wasn't as physical, but, you know, same type of dynamic skill set. Sometimes I feel like sometimes you can see they use Tyreek Hill a little bit, a little bit like that. He's not as built. But kind of moving him around, kind of setting them some. Yeah, uh, but Tyreek Hill is all more speed. You know, yeah. he never gets touched. He never gets touched. No. Debo is pretty much, you know, you know the contact is coming. Just brace for it or bring him down. Yeah. And uh, same thing, you know, fourth and one, third and two. They put him in a running back, backfield situation. Takes a toss crack or a dive downhill. And no. these players are not just one or two yard carries. These are 10 plus yard carries, which considered in the defense eyes are big plays. So this is the first time in Trent Williams' career he's advanced past the wild card. Fucking crazy. All those great yeah, years man. in Washington. In Washington. I, I wish I wish they would have kept him. It's a conditional third round pick. Give him up. But um, <laughs> um it's good then, for him, man. He's the best. Oh tackle, no, he's man. balling. He's balling. Did you see him flip he's off the fan? Did, 
You see that picture? The fan flipping him off. He, he is like for sure. And I hate to say it, that he's underrated because as good as he is, ten time Pro Bowl or whatever he is, is like his name should be up there with the all time greats. Yeah, because he, he makes I, it look so easy. I guess that's why people don't talk about it as much. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I think he's. This is going to be his, unless he got it last year. His, I think he got it last year. Second All Pro, because obviously you yeah. the Tyron Smiths probably getting it every year, and then he exactly. was in Washington, and they were never winning. No, but that and then in the night game that started off with the TJ Watt return, return a fumble return for a touchdown. Did, did you at all think the Steelers were maybe in it, or were you like, all right, wait till Kansas City gets rolling? Well, if you like, that's the way Pittsburgh is. Any game you think they're out of it, they always have a chance. And I think you know Ben Roethlisberger did a great job of uh, people expecting him to come out and throw it all over the yard and have turnovers and a high scoring affair. He plays smart into the strength. You know, obviously let my defense go out and make plays and control the game and keep it close and give us a, give ourselves a chance. And that's what T.J. Watt's been capable of and that defense has been capable of all year. Or well, not all year, throughout Mike Tomlin, 15 or however many years he's been coaching, the 18 years, whatever it's been. They've been able to go out there and create turnovers, put pressure on the quarterback, and that's no different than that situation right there. And it's always from the same type of guys, you know, outside linebackers, pass rushers, uh, or the safety position. That's just a great job of this Pittsburgh playing Pittsburgh football. Is, is Watt the defensive player of the year in your eyes, or do you think Donald or Parsons has a legitimate chance? I think Watt, I think, you know, he's knocked on the door a couple times and then just go out there and do it again back-to-back. I think uh, that says a lot. And then, obviously, just the dominance, just to go out there and see it and put it on display. Yeah. You know, you can't go wrong with him or Aaron Donald, but, you know, just like when J.J. Watt was winning and Aaron Donald started to come into the picture. So yeah. I think, you know, those yeah. guys will continue to play at a high level and get better and better every time you go out there and look they do something even more impressive. And then in the Monday night game, what do you think went wrong with the Cardinals? I think just execution. I think um, obviously like we, we talked about all these other games, you know, um, even back to Jacksonville, playing a division opponent, you would think they would come out a little bit more prepared and understand, you know, what they're going to get, you know, how they're going to be attacked and things like that. Obviously having DeAndre Hopkins out, I think hurt a lot because he's a guy that extends and makes a lot of those tough plays on third down to keep the chains going. And now you don't have all those third downs to move the change. You put the defense out there, and now the defense get worn down. Now Kyler Murray's put out there to throw the ball more than he probably wants to, but they don't have the running game established because they're down. So it was just like I said earlier, you know, just the perfect storm for those guys also, which, you know, you hate to see because, you know, they were so promising starting off the year. They had a lot of talk about those guys being a Super Bowl favorites. And, you know, you look at a guy like J.J. Watt. Obviously, he came back to play through injury. But – um. It just was a tough loss for everybody involved over there because I know the year that they had and the year that they expected to have. Yeah. And then looking at um, the games for this weekend, so obviously you spent some time with the Titans. Nobody's talking about them the whole season. They were, they were kind of getting swept. People were kind of like sleeping on them a little bit, and then they started to take them seriously, and then Henry got hurt, and then everybody's like, all right, they're a good story. But there's number one seed coming off a of bye. Derrick Henry's coming back. What do you think they can do this weekend? I think they'll still be the Tennessee Titans. I think what people don't talk about enough is the job that Mike Brable do as a coach. I think he's probably the coach of the year. I think you look at any situation, obviously Julio Jones haven't put up the numbers that he's able to produce uh, over the years. He started off slow. He's been injured a little bit. You lose Derrick Henry. You have some linemen go down and guys on defense back in the secondary get hurt. And those guys just kept consistently playing. And I think that goes back to one person, the head coach, the style, the culture, what he's created over there in Tennessee. And with me being there to see it firsthand, um, I know exactly what it is, and I expect no different when those guys come out and be ready. 
they got great leaders on their team, you know, starting with the head coach, so down to the players, coaching staff. So they'll be ready. I'd be shocked those guys come out and not be ready. That doesn't mean that they're going to win the game, but they'll be ready. Do you think Derrick Henry's going to touch the ball 25 times? Do you think they're going to kind of limit what he does? I think you look at a guy just like Deontay Foreman that stepped in for Derrick Henry. I think they do a great job of going out and try to find a guy that fits what they do. They brought in Adrian Peterson. I think he's a more downhill guy compared to the zone type of style that they want to run because, you know, people think Derrick Henry is more of a bruiser, but he's actually putting his foot in the ground, making the cut, making guys miss. So I think, you know, that style of run and then being able to uh, pass the ball, you know, Ryan Tannehill, you know, spreading the ball to his tight ends, different receivers, running backs to keep the defense honest. So I think they have the perfect game plan, uh, good offensive line to protect those guys in, in the run game. So it will be interesting to see if you run the ball that many times coming off a foot injury. But I think if anybody would be ready for it, it would be him because he's a hard worker. People have been sleeping on their defense all year. Jeffrey Simmons was great. I think Bud De, Bud Dupree or Bud, De, one, Bud was it Landry? Landry had like 12 sacks and then Bayard is just making plays every game. Why do you think people sleep on the defense so much? Um, that's a good question. I seen like Simmons didn't make the Pro Bowl or what or was he like not all pro or something? I, nope, I was not like, not what tape are they watching? You know, um, Archery, you know, like you said, uh Harold Landry, um Dupree. Uh, every linebacker they've put out there this year produced. Um, even the guys backing up from uh, Nick uh, to even having guys in the secondary get injured to what the defense haven't missed a beat. I think even in the second half of the season, they probably had a better second half than the first half. And I think yeah. that's what put those guys over the hump to get the uh, number one seed. They faced a few tough teams. Defense went out and played, you know. Uh, I wouldn't even call it opportunistic because, you know, they're stopping guys on first, second, and third down and forcing guys into plays, into situations to where they're able to create those turnovers. And I know they put a big emphasis on it throughout the week of practice all the time, creating turnovers when you have a chance to make a big play, make that big play. And that's what they're just playing. It's been the same tune since Mike Vrabel took over there. So I think look no different, you know, come this weekend. Pretty sure they took the cor- the corner from VT, and then he he's barely played the whole year, so that's kind of doing with it. Exactly, he he got suffered with an injury. Um, yeah. Christian Fulton yeah. was hurt there early on in the year from LSU. Uh, yeah, from LSU. Um, they brought multiple guys in, and I think you know those guys haven't missed a beat. Obviously, guys are going to give a play here or there, but I think overall, their defense has been able to be a top fifteen, top ten defense across the board, and you know the most important categories. So I didn't realize that Janoris Jenkins legally changed his name to Jackrabbit. That's fucking wild. Yeah, man. And you like talk about a guy like him, you know, yeah. playing consistent. You know, I don't know what year he's in, but I'm sure it's probably year 10 or 11, somewhere deep into his career. But, you know, he's playing consistent, being a leader over there on that defense. And he's earned that name, Jackrabbit, you know. His license is probably amazing. The, the license, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's probably like McLovin, but it's like this is real. Like this is awesome. Like they were like, for sure. You, they said you want to put a parenthesis. Nah, that's that's shit. My first name. Oh no, yeah, no, but that's <laughs> so. So 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 uh, like so. What are your predictions for this weekend? How do you see it all shaking out? Man, um, I hate making predictions because it's hard. Like I normally just go with the best quarterbacks in these situations, but now you know, um, when it gets tight like this, you look at Aaron Rodgers. I look to see what he do against a team like San Fran with the way their defense are playing. I know I think their offense is going to step up against a guy, uh stout defense with Green Bay has because it's not predicated on one thing. You know, they're going to come and be physical up front and try to run the ball. And if you can stop the run, it'd be a tough day on them. But we haven't seen anybody stop the run all year, and we can expect to see that come Sunday, and we'll see how that plays out. And I think with them being able to run the ball now, that kind of slows Aaron Rodgers down because he doesn't have the ball in his hand as long. 
That's and, you know, it would be interesting to see how Tennessee Titans start off with them having that week off. I'm hoping there's some good games. There's no – what do you think of the bad officiating? Like, was that – do you think it's just like a misstep or they got to fix that? It is a misstep, but I think what we have to get over with, um, um, obviously, I wouldn't say me because I'm not a part of the NFL. You know, I'm a retired player now, but they have to own up to their mistakes. Like, it's blatant and we can see it. I think that's the biggest thing. That's step one. Just own up to it. You know, we're all human. It's all, you know, error here and there, and there's nothing wrong with it. But I think the sooner that we can step up to it, because we got a great replay system in place now, yeah. I think that's working, where they're able to speed up the game and don't, you know, delay the game for however long, trying to get a simple call that the world can see. So if we can see all that, we definitely can hear when a whistle is blown or if it's a blatant P.I. call or something that's being missed. So I think um, those guys can do a better job in especially the playoffs because these crews are supposed to be the best of the best at this point of the season. You think they should have to face the media after games too to, for scrutiny? No, I don't think so no. because I don't think, you know, I, I don't think that's fair. I think they probably put a representative out there for, you know, everyone that's involved, but I don't they think. They do that next day. They, they say, oh, here's a two minute report. We're, 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 we're off and gone. Here's a two minute report. Here's the shit we fucked up. Sorry. We'll see you next week. Because I think at the end of the day, you can't re- you like, as much as the media try to control these reporters, you can't control what these reporters ask these people. So now you're going to open up, you know, a can of worms with the yeah. wrong question comes out and put them in the spotlight. They don't want to have to ask something because they're only there to officiate the game. They have nothing else to do with the game. Yeah, that's well. I can't wait for the games this weekend. I can't believe what do we have. You get four, two, four games, seven more games. The whole year it's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. But do, but do yeah. appreciate you taking the time as always. Um, how can people follow, uh, follow you on IG and see keep up with you? Oh, yeah, my IG is the real JJ24, and uh, that's my IG feed. So, um, I definitely appreciate you having me on as always, man. It's a pleasure talking to you and look yeah, forward man. to the next time. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I do appreciate it. Can't wait to enjoy these games this weekend. I'm hoping there's no QB draws. <laughs> I'm hoping there's no that I don't know what the hell that whistle shit was on the Tyler Boyd touchdown in the Bengals game. But they were like, We heard the whistle, he caught it. It doesn't matter, but like, and right. there's no blowouts. Once you see some close some good games coming down to the wire not and then not bad coaching or bad executions but like i'm hoping like these matchups these weekend this weekend the only game i'm, I'm kind of like could be a blowout i think is is the bucks and the rams because i don't know how the, if the rams are going to show up you don't know if the bucks are going to show up but both the teams have been a little spotty the whole year but i think other than that like i think the rams least, are starting to find their groove though think so? i think they're starting to find their groove i think you know odell beckham is starting to get a you know a feel for the way they want to use him and He'd be the tight end, but, you know, Van Jefferson always burns you because you think about everyone else, and he comes across with the big play. And that running game is starting to come downhill. So I think they're clicking, and you're starting to see what Von Miller can do now. So it will be interesting to see if those guys are able to get to Tom Brady because, you know, Von Miller's been there before. Aaron Donald's in the middle of the pocket to push it. So obviously Tampa Bay has a great offensive line. You know, we don't know what the deal with Tristan Wirth will be this uh, weekend. Hopefully yeah. he's out there to combat that uh, strong defensive presence, Leonard Floyd and those guys. So. It'll be interesting to see how this game shake out, but I think um, I don't know. I don't want to make a prediction. I think it'll be a high scoring affair. The one thing we got to people gotta think keep in mind is Matthew Stafford's wife threw a soft, she threw a soft pretzel at an opposing fan when they played the Niners early in the year. So when, <laughs> so when they're not at SoFi, anything can happen. So if you're sitting near his wife, keep your hands up, you might get a free soft pretzel. But like it that was wild to me when that shit happened. And she was like, sorry, he was talking shit about Matthew. I'm like, all right, I got free soft pretzels. It's also a salt. But yeah, but do appreciate the time as always. <laughs> and I, I can't wait for the games weekend and uh have you back on soon. All right, thanks a lot, Zach.